and ask God to help us to consider his word. Holy Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would just soften up our hearts like good soil and let the, the seeds of the word of God just uh, fill in there. Give us wisdom and understanding, just as you told us to ask. We seek it. We seek wisdom, Lord, and we do it all for the glory of Jesus Christ. And also help us to go out there and plant more seeds, too, to go out and, and uh, share the gospel of Jesus Christ with our neighbors and our co-workers and those that we encounter, and especially in our families. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and give us the words to say when we encounter those opportunities. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the laser. That's the button. Okay, we are in First Peter chapter 1, and we're culminating... A lot of these uh, ideas that we've spoken about since the beginning of August. So we've got these and those. Here we go. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. I'm hitting the wrong button. There we go. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth sorry, forever. And this is the word uh, which by the gospel is preached unto you. Yes, we have the these and the thous and all that craziness. But I am learning Latin with my son right now, uh, with Josiah in classical conversations. And once again, like I've learned German in high school, it reinforces exactly why the old English language had those these and thous and everything. If you recall, I've mentioned before, if I say thee, I'm talking to you singular. And if I say ye, I'm talking to you all. Y'all. Like the say in the South, right? Y'all. And if I say I go... We all are going to recognize that. But I would say you go est. And it's got an ST on the end telling you that it is second person. And if I go et, or we go eth, the TH is for third person. So actually, it's not that hard. If you learn those basic rules, the words start to actually make sense. Anyway, maybe that's a piece of helpful information. Wait. Wait. Why wait? <laughs> Let's back up and read some verses. Remember, this is the culmination of stuff that we've been learning already. So, be kind, please rewind. If you remember that, we're aging ourselves. <laughs> While we do, let's take some notes. We will highlight important words and then group them together. We will start with verse 14, so we're going to go back a ways. Could start at the very beginning, but we'll start at 14. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, stole the word children. Uh, but as he which called you is holy, so be ye holy in all matter and conversation. Called you, stolen, taken out of there, noted. Be ye holy, take that out of there. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. It is written, I am holy. 
And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. And we're going to take the Father and the time of your sojourning. Remember the time of your sojourning. For as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation, received by the tradition of your fathers, we're going to take corruptible things and vain, and we're going to take your fathers, that's his earthly fathers, not the heavenly father, but with the precious blood of Christ, we're going to take that, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Take those. Who by him do believe in God, we'll take believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Now we've caught up to 22. It's kind of like, you go back to the days where you played Lego, right? You had all this Lego dumped out in front of you. Or if you played with your kids, your grandkids and you start sorting out the pieces that you think you might need, right? So that's what, we do, that's what we're doing. We're grabbing those pieces, and, and we're like, oh, I could use that one. Oh, that's a great piece. Oh, that's a good one. And we start grabbing those pieces out of the big pile of toe herders or foot herders. Okay. Seeing you have purified your souls. This is what we already started reading at the beginning. Purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, Fervently. Purified souls, over. Pure heart, over. Remember these kind of words. Purification, purified. Pure, uh, these are important words. Obeying the truth and unfeigned love. Through the Spirit. This is so much in here. This verse is just loaded. Love of the brethren. Brethren is an important one. Consider that. There we go. Now, 23. This is one of my absolute favorite Bible verses. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I have to say, when Lauren announced back in July that we were going to, or let us know that we we're going to do First Peter, and then I came up on the, the schedule, I was like, yes, I'm so glad I get to do this. So I was pretty excited. I was hoping it didn't shift. So it, it, God preserved it, so it was good. There's a, a foreshadowing in what I just said, too. God preserved it. <clears throat> uh, so being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We're going to take being out of there, as in like I'm being. Uh, take born again. Corruptible seed. Take Corruption. They're gesturing, it doesn't actually have to do that. <laughs> Incorruptible. I do. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. By the word of God which liveth, that means the word is alive, and abideth forever. So it's eternal. Uh, it says, for all flesh, flesh, Grass and the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The, the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. This is actually a quote of Isaiah 40. 
which I was going to get Paul to read, but then felt like the, uh, the John reference was more towards where this was going. Okay, so we're going to grab grass, the flower, grass. We've got flesh already. Oops, do I have another blank one in there? That's weird. All right. The grass withereth and falleth away. Actually, if you go through the scriptures, what you're going to find is that grass or plants never see death. Okay? They wither and they fade. They don't die, which is just kind of interesting when you consider... And this is a whole different topic, but if you start looking at all things died because of Adam's sin, right? Romans talks about that. The plants don't actually die, which is really interesting. They just wither and fade. Okay, definitely a sidetrack, so we'll just leave that one where I picked it up. Uh, the glory of man. Uh, and then verse 25, the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. God's word endures forever. Can I hear amen on that? Okay? All right. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. The gospel is in the word of God. Right? It is all through the word of God. Starting at the beginning. In the beginning, all the way till the very end. Behold, I have come quickly. All right, the human body is built up of multiple systems. Now, we look at scriptures, we look at the concepts or precepts in the scriptures, and in some sense, you could build them up like a, putting Lego on top of each other. You could build them something like a wall. But while I was doing this study, kind of hit me. The, the scriptures, the ideas, they come together. The precepts build on one another, and they become like the body system. And they are not just like a brick or a stone upon each other. You notice how your nervous system goes everywhere through your body, right? The circulatory system goes everywhere through your body. They're interconnected. You get into a verse like we just did, and a verse can have a dozen concepts or precepts built into one verse. And then you marry it to another verse, and they connect because of one or two of them, but then hey, each one of those verses could have so many more connections, couldn't they? So the Word builds together like layers of systems that interconnect and intertwine with each other. So you look at the, just briefly, the circulatory system, you've got lymphatic system that's going to protect you against bad guys coming in. Digestive system, making sure we're supplying nutrients to the body. The circulatory system, making sure it's bringing oxygen in. All these things are doing important ideas, okay? And same thing with the scriptures. All these precepts that we're pulling out, we went and just collected them all like the Lego. They all can get grouped together. And as you group them together, you can see how they function with one another to a purpose. Okay? For the purpose of all these, it's to sustain life. Might be similar with the Word of God. Might actually be quite similar. All right, remember Jesus is the Word. He actually became a man and had a body. Okay, so not so far-fetched anymore, is it? He is the Word and the embodiment of the Word, so it would make sense that the Word, having systems, would be similar to a human body. And if we're made in His image, we are being made, we're being born again 
incorruptible like him. Okay. Consider too, as Christians, we're each being formed by the word of God. Are we not? We are being born again by the word of God. That's what makes us, that's what forms us, that's what makes us more like Jesus. It's the word of God. Okay, let's collate them. So here's that list again, which you can't read any word because they're too tiny now, right? So let's make it a little easier. All right. So now I have two columns, almost could read them. Let's, let's put these into groups. Ah, that works better. If you take some from over there and some from over here, you got the gospel, the precious blood called, believe in God that your faith and hope might be in God, be holy, incorruptible, pure, holy I am. God is the holy I am. All part of the gospel. Oh, before the foundations of the world and in these last times, that's how the eternal word, the word of God liveth and by the forever, it's truth, it's incorruptible, it's perfect, and again, endureth forever. Enduring is a little bit different than is eternal because endureth means it can last throughout difficulty, hardship, attempts to corrupt it, all those kind of things. It endures all of that, right? There's the depths of that word. Uh, old man of the flesh, we have the corruption like the flower, like the grass. We have the glory of man, all that hiding in the old man of the flesh. And we have the new creature, which I know you can't read it there, but we are going to dig into each one of these, so don't worry, you'll see more. Now, I'm, you could probably get a whole bunch more groupings from these. These are just the four I'm working with. So the gospel, there's the zoom in. Just went through that, so we'll just we'll skip as we go here. And a new creature, which you couldn't see before. Um, so through the spirit, the time of your sojourning, time of your sojourning I think is important because it's like just spiritual gestation. We're here right now. One day we're going to be born again. I'll talk about that more. Uh, to be being born again, brethren, hey, once we're in that process of being born again, we are actually spiritual brothers, aren't we? We're spiritual brethren. We have one Father. Amen? Okay. Purified souls. The new man is pure. Okay. All right. There they are again. We've identified the groups. Let's talk more about the gospel. So I'm not going to go through all these verses because we'd be here a very long time. There's lots of verses here, and I will provide my whole slideshow afterward, and there's a lot more in the notes section as well. So let's just talk about the headings. The gospel is Christ crucified. The gospel was that Jesus was crucified for our sins to save and to sanctify us. And the shed blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins. The gospel is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel doesn't work without Jesus rising again and conquering death, does it? He didn't just pay for our sins, but he rose again victorious. He ascended into heaven. Very, very important that he ascended into heaven because he's preparing a place for us right now. Right? In fact, he said, if I don't go, you don't get the Holy Spirit. So I got to go you can have the Holy Spirit. And Jesus will return again. Amen? I mean, that is the, the climax, essentially, of the full gospel message. 
not that we're abandoned, but that he's going to make us a, a home and he's going to come back again. If you've already died, you get resurrected first. And then he takes those who are which are alive and remain and brings them to heaven. So that's the glory of the gospel. The crux of the gospel, crux is the cross, but the glory there is that final end that we're looking forward to, right? He will return again. The gospel is that we are all sinners and deserve death. That's the start of the gospel, isn't it? Like we have sinned against the holy God. That's the start. But God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die for us, to save sinners. We were all invited. We're all invited, aren't we? Now Calvin's kicking in his grave a little bit there. But we were all invited to uh, partake in this blessing, the salvation. We're all invited because he says he sent, he loved the world, right? The world. Not just a few people. Okay? The trouble is, only a few will be saved. Why? Because of stubbornness and pride and sin that's holding back people from making the choice to put Jesus as their Savior, to to, uh, acknowledge that he died for them. So many are called, but few are chosen. And the new creature, the gospel is tied up in the idea that you get to become a new creature in Christ. That the old is gone and you get to be purified and new. Those who believe are saved by His grace. And it's through faith. It's through trusting in Jesus. If you think about it, what was Adam's sin? Was it physically touching and eating an apple or another kind of fruit? I don't think it was an apple, but another kind of fruit. Was that actually the sin? Or was it not trusting in what God told them? Because God said, the day you will eat thereof, thou shalt surely die, right? It's the opposite of what gets us saved. The, what got us into trouble was not trusting what God said. What gets us into salvation is trusting what he said and what he did. And Jesus has the power to save sinners. That's an amen. Somebody's got to shout it out because Jesus has the power and he's the only one who does have the power to save sin. To save sinners. Sorry. To inherit eternal life, we must be born again. Jesus said that flesh and blood cannot inherit eternal life. You must be born again. That's what Paul read. Good news must be preached to others. Because it's not just for us, because we've heard. It's for us to go out now and share the gospel with others. So go and tell others. So the gospel, again, it's everything from the beginning of your scriptures to the end, isn't it? From the sin to the salvation. From hearing to telling. That was the gospel system. Here's another system, the preservation system. See that? That jar of jam there has got gross moldy guck on top. Now, if you open that up, would you say that that was well-preserved? 
not really. No. Fail. Okay? So preserve isn't just meaning we're going to keep it along because like I could have a jar of mold. That's not preserved. You know, that may be kind of kept or something. You could find another word for that. But preserved would be you open it up and it's the same as when you put it in there, right? It's the same or better. I mean, you could some will say wine is better if it's been in there. It's, but it's not worse, right? Can't be worse. So preserved better be better or the same, not worse. So the word of God, God promised to preserve it, that it would endure, right? So the preservation system starts with the word of God. The word of God actually has gone through a purification process. In other words, it's endured trials and hardship over the years, over the millennia. And it's still pure and perfect. Every word of God is pure and true. The scriptures tell us, if you read your Bible, it's going to be intact. It's going to be pure. And it's so important because your faith is, comes from what? Where does your faith come from? Somebody Romans 10 me here. Cometh by hearing the word of God. So where would your faith be if, if it wasn't a full word of God? Or if it was corrupted or moldy, wasn't right? Your faith would also be that way, wouldn't it? Your faith is founded on what you heard. So we believe because we've been told and we've read. So we have to trust. And you want to trust in the fact that A, God can preserve you, and B, it's because he preserved the word of God. And that's it. He preserves believers and makes them pure as well. The word of God is profitable for that reason, to get rid of dross and to make us perfect. Thoroughly furnished. Thoroughly is an old hard word, isn't it? Thoroughly, we've modified it a little bit. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Every word of God is holy. It's holy. That's higher than us. And it perfects us to help make us holy. We've read in, the, in these verses that we're supposed to be holy as the Lord. He calls us to be. And if he calls us to be, does that mean he'll do it in your life? Yeah, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Right? And every word of God is unchanged. Again, we don't want that corruption. So it's unchanged. He promises that he will preserve an unchanged word. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Uh, verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, not, or sorry, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be filled. So um, not even one little change is allowed to happen there. It's, it's protected. And you know why that's important? Because if your hope and your salvation is on the word of God, you don't want that to happen to you either. Right? You want preservation for your soul too. Not one jot, nor one tittle of your life. You want your soul 100% preserved. So could we trust God today in that? That he preserved his word and he will preserve you? It's the preservation system. And... God's word is eternal. It's before time, exists after time. And guess what? It gives us eternal life. My words are spirit and they are life. 
He gives us life through his word. Life everlasting. And we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Another amen. The flesh system. This is the corrupted one. This flesh is corrupt. I mean, it gets cancer. It gets COVID. It gets all sorts of other sicknesses. It doesn't function as well when you're 80 as when you're 8. It deteriorates. And worse, it desires sin all the time. Pretty well doesn't stop wanting to fill its own lusts. That's how it is. And flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God because it is not holy. It's not purified, not sanctifiable. It has to go. Where's it going to go? In the dirt. Or get burned. It's got to go. Flesh is of no value. It is the spirit that quickeneth. Quickeneth means to give life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The flesh, don't hang on to it. It's stuck to you only so long and then one day you're going to die or you're going to get called up in the air. And both of those occasions, you're going to leave that flesh alone. Hallelujah. Get rid of it. It's corruptible. It causes us to sin. But God, the glory to God will be destroyed. You've got to deny the flesh. And this is a battle every day, isn't it? I know moment by moment this is a battle to deny the lust of the flesh. And we've got to do it. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Crucify the flesh. And how do we do it? By walking in the Spirit. So you're going to pray without ceasing and you're going to keep God's Word in your heart so we can walk in the Spirit. Right? Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's the only answer to that one. To deny the flesh, you must walk in the Spirit. There's no other way. You have to let God's Holy Spirit do it. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Can't do it on your own because guess what? We keep falling back on the flesh's successes, the flesh's abilities. Let it go. Let God's Holy Spirit do it. Sanctify you. So walk in the Spirit. If we live live in the Spirit, we will also walk in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit means staying in your word and praying. Worship, praise is powerful. Lift up the Lord. Now we have the new creature system. So the old flesh, now we have the new creature. So this is the change. I love this. Simon said, thou hast the words of eternal life. Where are we going to go? You're the one that has the words of life, right? A new creature is born out of the word of God. We are being born out of the word of God. All right? Actually, if you go through the Old Testament, when the, you see the word conception come up, it's the same word used for born or birth. So the, the idea of conceived and born or birth is tied together. It's a process. So you start with conception, the new creature's born, or sorry, the new creature's conceived, and it's gestating, it's growing and developing, and then it gets to be born. We get 
that place from hearing the Word of God. We can't do it without the Word of God. So the life that we get, the new life for the new creature, comes by hearing the Word of God. God's words are life. They're spirit in their life. What did it, I mean, Adam was a bunch of dirt until God breathed into him, wasn't he? was. He breathed in his nostrils and he became a living soul. He was just dirt until God breathed into him. Jesus makes all things new. So your old flesh gets thrown away. You get a new body. You get something new. Jesus promises, he says, I make all things new. He's actually going to make a new heaven and a new earth. He's not stopping at your own body. He's going to start making everything new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You guys memorize that probably, right? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. He says he'll give us a new heart and a new spirit. And that is so good. God is so good because he knows we struggle with that flesh. So he has a, a solution and a blessing. And you know, when you're in heaven, there's no more pain and no more sorrow, no more crying, no more sin, because we have gotten rid of that old flesh, that no good thing. We get new bodies like angels. Jesus says, no, you're not, that you'll be like the angels in heaven. So that's cool, right? You get a new body like an angel. That's really going to be something else. Now, there was angels that fell from heaven. There's actually a Bible verse that says that they will die like men. So we kind of do the little tradesies there. You got the bad angels that have fallen, and then they're going to go to the lake of fire and die like men. And we get new bodies that live eternally. That's kind of an interesting little point there, right? And actually, I love John 8 because he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, Probably in our modern Bibles, you've probably memorized it as set you free. Kind of like a bird going out of a cage. See you later. But in that old 400-year-old virgin, you've got make you free. Sorry, I love that so much. He makes you free. You know, that's freeborn, right? That's the difference between, like Paul, remember he says he was freeborn? He didn't have to go buy his... Roman citizenship, he had it. He was born with it. That's this. It says, citizen of heaven, you're free born, you're made free. And if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Deed's a cool word too, because a deed is something that signifies a sale or a transaction. Pretty cool, actually. All right, the gospel, which is the message of salvation that comes from the word of, of God, Jesus, and is preserved, perfect forever, written uh, uh, on our hearts, and is preserved, uh, sorry, and preserves us too. The old man of the flesh will perish because it is corruptible and causes us to sin. The flesh will be destroyed by the gospel. A new creature is conceived and is created to live forever by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God and is cleansed by the blood of Jesus, so it is incorruptible a new creature is being born again i just read the same thing sorry now to form a new creature we are being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible 
by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. God's word that is giving us that eternal life. The old man is sinful and therefore condemned to judgment and hellfire. The repentant sinner who places his or her faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, typo, receives everlasting life. Everlasting life begins with conception, just as Jesus was conceived in Mary by the Holy Ghost. So too are we, who are co-heirs with Christ now, also conceived by God's Spirit and His Word. See, Jesus leads by example, right? He comes through the Holy Ghost in Mary. That's the example, and we get to do the same thing. Only we're not through Mary. We get to be through heavenly Jerusalem, which is the mother of us all. Our Heavenly Father conceived us all in heavenly Jerusalem. And Galatians says, which is free, the mother of us all. All right, so you see little guy there, or little girl, don't know, can't tell at this point, in the, in the tummy. There's gestation. So the baby's going to grow through gestation, and this is what Peter calls being born again. It's a process, right? Being born again. Why is it a process? Well, we'll get to it. I'll, I'll explain why. This is the period of spiritual growth and development by the Word of God. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us through this process. And there are trials and tribulations while we grow. What does the baby do after a few months of growth in the tummy? Oh, yes, it starts to kick. And by the time it gets near the end, it's kicking pretty good, right? Preparations for the coming travail. You guys notice that word? Have you heard that word before? Travail. The travail is the travail that is coming is sudden, with the exact timing unknown to all except to our heavenly Father. So, next is birth. Okay, so you are being born again, and then you get to be born. She's struggling. That's travail. That's struggle. That's trials. Remember, Acts fourteen twenty two says that by much tribulation must we enter the kingdom of God. How often, and I have the scriptures in the notes, do we hear James and Peter and Jesus? Jesus said, when they put you before the synagogues. How many times he says, when men will revile you for my sake? Or when you suffer, if you suffer, 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 suffer. That's the life of a Christian. To suffer as Jesus did, in ways that are different for each one of us, but to suffer nonetheless. And I believe 100% that we suffer so that we don't love this fleshy world. We long for something else, right? So we call upon the name of the Lord because all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So sticking around here, we can have good times and we have lots of beauty and all this kind of stuff, but if we get too loving of it, we forget what our end goal is, right? To live as Christ, to die is gain. Gain. We're being born again, but it's necessary to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. You have to actually go through. Okay? Has anybody in this room gone through yet? Have you gone through to the other side and seen heaven? Nope. 
Okay, so you're being born again. You have not completed that process yet. You're being, right? You gotta go through to enter the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. Must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. The flesh and blood stays behind. See? You think about it. What happens just before the birth? Like, there's contractions and water breaks. All right. What happened before the promised land or getting out of Egypt? The crossover water. How did they get into the promised land? Yeah, and then after the desert, they crossed over Jordan, but crossed over water, just like you have to cross through water. Where's Jesus going to be when he comes back? And that which are made of? Right, what's the what's this throne? What do we see the throne standing on? Pardon me? Throne is on what? No, God's throne is on something. Not earth. It's on a crystal sea. What's the imagery? You gotta pass through. Okay? There's corruption. There's like the river sticks corruption kind of aspect of it. But remember what Satan does. He takes something and he twists it to get that kind of idea. To get those pagan thoughts and how that works and a boatman and having to pay your way through. Notice how you have to pay your way in the false religions. It's not how it works. Jesus paid. We just go through the water and come out the other side. So the coming travail is the birthing, the travail that cometh upon a woman with child. That's exactly the description of when the Son of Man comes. As travail cometh upon a woman with child, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. That's actually what we see is travail, difficulty. Do you see in the book of Revelation travail coming up? And, and, and tribulation and difficulty and our enemy rising up? We do see that, don't we? So it actually makes sense. Even when you just die, if you just never went through that part and you were in the hospital bed and you were suffering with cancer and you died, was that not some tribulation before you died? It is. The believer will either die bodily or be carried to paradise with our Lord, be with our Lord. Or he or she will be translated, if you're still here, or resurrected. should have put that in there, resurrected. Remember, the resurrected, the dead will rise first, and then we which are alive with and remain will go up to be with him in the air. And then we have our first breath. And I think about Adam, imagine what his first breath was like in an untainted world. That'll be like us. Our first breath in an untainted world with no masks. Breathing in the Spirit of God. Life. Isn't that going to be amazing? Water breaks, the child comes out, then there's the first breath. Likewise, the believer passes through. I already talked about this, so we'll just keep going. God breathed into Adam and became a living soul. We will experience that true life on that other side. And our breath is the Holy Spirit. We actually say respiration. Spirit is air, right? And with each new breath, we will call to our God. We will glorify his name and sing his praises forever. Amen? Thank you for listening. Heavenly Father, ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to just continue to understand more of your word. I pray that we would go off this and praise you because of your wonderful plan. Because 
we are being born again through your power that we are being made as new creatures and that everything that we have and the newness of it will be for the glory of Jesus Christ. So we magnify you, magnify the name of Jesus. We magnify your word. We ask that you would help us to share in love to go out and share the good news, the gospel, to those who we encounter. Fill us with your spirit and give us the strength to do it. And we will stand back and watch as your Holy Spirit does the work to bring others to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.